Hey everybody, it's Sam, that girl with the curls, bringing you another awesome episode of this podcast, of my podcast perhaps. Um, uh, again, they're always wonderful and excellent, and this one is, is no exception to that rule. Uh, sorry, I've been watching a lot of uh, Great British Bake Off on um, Netflix lately. Uh, it's kind of a household favorite right now, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of English accents being thrown around that we have no right doing. So there you go. Uh, the same bussa is actually fun for me. So there you go. Um, uh, yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with this podcast, as far as I remember or know. Uh, but this one is episode 95, um, five away from the 100, which is, again, still kind of weird to me. Uh, but yes, episode 95, this is with Rebecca Epstein. Um, Epstein, oh shoot, I should have really asked her about that one. But Rebecca, nonetheless, is the author of the forthcoming uh, comic book entitled uh, Gently Murder Me. And it is a very, uh, it's just a really like emotional journey that you're going on through someone's, uh, an ordeal experienced by somebody in, uh, and Rebecca's using her, her diary, her words to describe a terrible breakup and kind of this, um, interim where, you know, you're kind of okay, but then you're not. And maybe there's that moment where you kind of have your little epiphany, but you're still not, you know, exactly there yet. So I, and I think it's something that a lot of people, can relate to and, uh, you know, regardless of if it's a romantic relationship or if it's a platonic, um, everyone's kind of had those moments where they question themselves and the relationships that they were in. So, uh, I, I really responded to it and, uh, she knows obviously in, in this, uh, podcast, uh, we also talk about a lot of other things, which, uh, off the top of my head while I'm recording this thing, I can't remember what they were, but I'm sure they were hilarious and fun and or poignant. So, uh, why don't we just jump into that episode so that you can figure that out for yourself and then you can let me know how great it was and how funny and or, um, uh, scholarly and intellectual we were. All right, cool. Excellent. All right. Okay, so with that in mind, uh, please to enjoy episode 95 with Rebecca Epstein. try and we'll see what happens. If, if, if it cuts out again to the point where we can't uh, do it, I'll we'll can try one more restart and see what happens from there. Okay. okay. Sounds good. Alright, starting over again. Uh, Rebecca Epstein, welcome to That Girl with the Curls. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Sam. Yay! And hopefully nothing will go wrong, because I've just jinxed myself. That's what I do. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, it is uh, fortunate that we were able to come together because you were looking to promote your book. I am looking to always talk to interesting people and people who are in the comic book industry um, or are adjacent as I am in, in certain ways. So um, I'm glad that we could work this out because I've been wanting to talk to you since I read it as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah. 
No, it's um, it's an it's an interesting book, and we're talking about uh, gently murder me, which uh, I'm I'm not gonna lie. When I was every time I would start thinking about it, I would go like murder me gently in my head for some reason. I wanted to switch <laughs> the words around. Yeah, I mean, it's just, that's just the order went in my head, but I feel like it means the same thing anyway. So, yeah, <laughs> you got it. You got it. You're good. Good. Excellent. Okay, I got, I, I'm I'm in the know on this one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's it's an interesting book. I mean, because um, I'd, I'd like to get your perspective on it first. But what what inspired it? And um, I guess before even getting into that, uh, if you want to explain what the book is about. Yeah, so the book is essentially a diary comic. It's about trying to connect with the person you most want to connect with in the world, but being completely unable to. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that is kind of detailed and enhanced and the gulf is like really um technology based nowadays mm-hmm. um it's divided into five parts uh such a creep the difficulty of easy days uh after all they made you who you are tomorrow was not my goodbye and unrequited tableaus and the first four are by different artists they're like diary entries like straight from my diary edited down to like get rid of identifying features mm-hmm. and um the last unrequited tableaus is a collection of illustrations based off of like stray thoughts I had mm-hmm. while like in that state of mind. This, yeah, it's it's really. Um, I mean, it's like trying to describe to, trying to describe it back to you, even though you know this stuff. <laughs> uh, it's it's very powerful. Just the 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 way the um, the story hits you in terms of what you're trying to accomplish. And the narrative within the book itself, because I think we've all, you know, especially now have started experiencing, um, like broken relationships, broken, uh, friendships, um, via the, the, the internet now where social media is so much more prominent in how we're dealing with our lives and how we, um, identify ourselves as well. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, most of our, the reason why it's so technology-based because most of our relationship was technology-based. Like, mm-hmm. whenever we met in person, um, I was so anxious that I could only sometimes have a conversation with them. Really? So, there was, like, you know, the difference between, like, a DM conversation on Twitter we once had for, like, a full hour mm-hmm. versus, like, seeing him for a full hour and being hardly able to speak with him. Like, the difference was astounding. <laughs> <laughs> And uncomfortable considering how I felt about the person I write about mm-hmm. in the book. Yeah, I mean, was I mean, it kind of going into the you know the technology aspect of it? I mean, have you just always felt more comfortable with techno with you know using social media instead of like one on one face to face conversations? Like, did that just did that help you in in a lot of ways where you weren't comfortable talking to people you know face to face? Yeah, I mean, I actually have, I don't know if I would call it severe, because you would have to ask my therapist that, but um, I have very, um, let's say, impactful social anxiety, and I have had it ever since I was born, basically. Oh, really? Yeah, so I mean, people are like, oh, she's so shy, that's cute, it's like, no, it's not, it's actually like, I'm terrified. It's crippling. people. Mm-hmm. It's crippling. Oh, yeah, I get paralyzed when I have to talk with people sometimes. Oh, shit. And... So, yeah, the internet was it's amazing and, like, very lucky that I, growing up in the age of the internet, because I've been able to connect with so many people, mm-hmm. and um, it makes making friends so much easier for me and interacting with people so much easier, so that's why it was, like, just better to, I don't know, 
have him at a distance mm-hmm. than even that ever was to have him up close. And do, so, you, do you feel like, yeah. I mean, this book, this, uh, do you feel like that reflects that? Or is it more just about the emotions of the situation? But do, or, or do you feel like there is that distance that you, you kind of see in the, the story that you're telling? Well, the, it's, the diary ended up happening um, because all the feelings had were like filling me up inside and were about to essentially explode out of me and mm. I had to write it down somewhere and had to like get them out of my body yeah. so that it didn't badly affect my decision making processes or what I or my actions or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely about the emotions of the situation as well. Yeah. And uh, so what what prompted you to want to turn it into um, a comic book? Stupid impulse decisions. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard I've heard worse reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm glad I did it. But essentially, what happened is that I was like, all these thoughts are so. I was told that they weren't, but like at the time, I felt like they were so ugly mm-hmm. and hurtful. And I'm like, I had to give them to someone, or in this case, I gave them to several someones mm-hmm. that I was like, you need to make this interesting and beautiful for me so that this entire experience was worth something. Did Because I can't imagine, I couldn't understand why I was in so much pain every single day, and there was like no productivity out of it, if that makes any sense. No, it does. I mean, the, 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 the thing that I really um, connected with, I mean the experience of having that relationship and then, you know, especially when you feel so strongly about somebody and then it's the, the, the days that you're taking to heal or the, the weeks, the months that it can sometimes take or years, you know, some people, it it takes a very long time to get over something that you felt so strongly about. And that, you know, there's this whole idea that, especially with women, where we, we try to feel strong about certain situations. We're just like, you know, I can I can take care of myself. I can be this person or whatever. And then it's like one thing can sometimes just shatter us, you know, uh, for you know, for however long it takes to heal from it. But th- that the in-between of broken to fixed is is still like this area where you have your good days, you have your bad days, but there's really no defining which one is which sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. That's the second chapter with difficulty of easy days kind of covers because you're like, I'm doing well today. This feels, this still feels absolutely terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, and, and the interesting thing too, too, that you say like this, this idea that you, you know, you're thinking these awful things, you know, the, you know, whether they're about yourself or about the other person, you know, I was actually having this conversation with my sister and, um, I mean, I went through a lot of therapy about this stuff too, so I can totally identify with you on that part where it's like, sometimes you just have to get the ugly thoughts out. Like they have to manifest in some way and whether it's writing them down, whether that's speaking them out loud, it's like you need that, um, uh, that ability to vent those awful things because if you don't, it, you know, this anger just builds up in you to the point, and then you start, like you're saying, you know, you could make really bad decisions if you don't get this stuff out of you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that's something that connected with you, because it's hard to explain uh, unless someone understands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, uh, anger is, uh, you know, anger, grief, you know, all, all these things that are kind of interconnected and aren't really like, easily defined uh, when when you're in that kind of a state. Like, I actually went on a 
I wouldn't call it a Twitter rant, but it was just me kind of uh, going off about, uh, I, I watched the um, uh, live stream show Critical Role, which is a live cast uh, D&D game. And uh, one of the characters was experiencing like a lot of anger based on events that had been coming up. And it's, it's a female character. And people in the fandom, like usually a lot of dudes, uh, were giving her crap about that. It's like, why are you so angry and blah, blah, blah. And I, I went through it and I was just like, look, w- women are always told that we can't be angry. It's like we have to we have to sit in the corner, we have to bottle it all up, we can't express ourselves, and that leaves a, a whole generation, you know, many generations of very angry women uh, who have never been able to actually express themselves, and what happens when you can't express those emotions is terrible decision-making and real, uh, you know, uh, mental health issues that need to be addressed. And so your your book and, and what you've been saying about it too just kind of it it strikes me as it's so similar in in that regard yeah i could totally see that for sure um there was something you said about like yeah it's like the bad decisions like it's the i think my most main concern was with that was like hurting people mm-hmm. or like hurting him or hurting uh his partner like and that was what the presentation was. It's, I think the idea of making it into an art form was like the most harmless thing you can do. So yes, like finding safe, constructive ways to let those feelings out Mm. is definitely necessary for like everybody. Yeah. Especially if you're a woman to find. (laughs) So, you know, just, I mean, did, did it feel uh, therapeutic to you? I mean, does it feel more therapeutic now than perhaps when you were writing it or, the process of turning it into a book? Um, it felt therapeutic after it was done. Mm-hmm. You know, um, cause I put it in the diary that like stop that like stopped everything temporarily. And then I had, I, there's more diary entries afterwards. I'm just never going to make them into comics. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, I've exposed my soul far enough. <laughs> <laughs> there's only so far, you, yeah, there's only so much you can reveal to people before you're like, okay, now it's seriously a private matter. <laughs> yep. So like, okay, I need to save some things for my therapy sessions. <laughs> right. <laughs> Otherwise, what are you paying that person to listen to you for? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, your therapist um, is like, well, I read your comic book, so do you want to talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, let me tell you about how long it took and like how I made this decision. And I yeah. was like, that's not helping your mental state at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you were, uh, you know, putting this together, I mean, what I also really enjoy about this is that each entry and, and the tableaus have different artists. So it's, in a way, like, it's it's taking you through the process of, you know, of, of this particular moment of, you know, the grieving period, the kind of, I'm still not okay, but some days are better than others okay, um, and then kind of trying to figure out if, uh, you know, the the, the one with the uh, the moths or the butterflies where the, you're kind of reborn in, in your outlook on, on things. Um, like, I, I really enjoy how you utilize other artists to do that. Um, what Was that a conscious decision, or was it something that you kind of came about as you were putting the book together? Um, it was a conscious decision from the start. What I'm really fascinated by in art is how 
if you take one subject and you give it to like all these different people, they'll all inter um, interpret it and like draw different things mm-hmm. or like draw it stylistically differently. So I was like, well, this is a very universal concept, the idea of a broken heart, um, and that people have felt, a lot of people, or most people have felt this kind of hurt before, and they're going to filter any story like that through their own experience. Um, So let's see what their experiences are by giving them the words to, like, have complete and total freedom and express themselves. So Mm -hmm. the artists were able... Um, that's Kathleen Briggs, Blakely Inberg, Edgar Vega, and Mary Safro. Chose all their own concepts, chose their own layouts, chose how many pages they were going to be, and chose what materials they used to make it. Because I just wanted to see what they would come up with. I think I wanted to, like, um, I think part of it is that I wanted to separate myself from it a little bit mm-hmm. as well. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted it to be theirs as much as possible, both for artistic reasons and for, like, psychology reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did it? Did the words feel the same to you when you saw it with the uh, the art uh, under it? Um, they feel... No, they feel more beautiful. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, because, uh, was it Catherine Briggs did the first story, correct? Uh, the Creep? Yeah, she did. Because yeah. that one really, like, struck me just because, uh, I mean, is that is that actual like letters and like collage that she just drew over? Or is that actually like artistically, like, is she making all of that happen? Yeah. So she, I actually talked to her yesterday, although she explained it before in the past, mm-hmm. which is that she has this collection of, in a box of like menus and articles and old comic strips and stuff. And she just took them all out and tore them up into little pieces and just rearranged them back on the pages in order to represent feeling torn into pieces and, like, putting yourself back together. Oh, no, that's... That... Okay. I don't know why that didn't occur to me, but it's like, bad, Sam. You should have noticed that. Um, <laughs> was it... I, mean, I only know because she explained it to me. I was like, whoa, you're brilliant. This is why <laughs> I wanted to work with you. <laughs> you are a genius. <laughs> She's like, I know. Um, I mean, was there rhyme or reason to what she used, or was it just random papers? It just didn't matter to her, like, or did she kind of select certain ones based off of, like, the words, or did she even tell you that part? Yeah, she told me that she took them out, um, out of random. Okay. Yeah. Although, the, um, there was two things I decided in that comic, in that particular one, is that, one, she suggested a Jaws poster on the wall, and I'm like, can we change that to The Great Gatsby? Because Uh. that's, like, my my favorite book okay and now it's like i get it now <laughs> <laughs> stupid book damn you f scott fitzgerald in your words <laughs> also like zelda's i think words are in there as well oh, so i like true. to think that a woman is famous mm-hmm. and the great gatsby somehow yeah, there were a couple uh, of books by her that I've I've wanted to read. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But everything I do he- read about Zelda Fitzgerald is just kind of like, my God, woman. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Um, well, no, that's that. I mean, that's really interesting that you know you uh, you it's it's in your own way you know putting yourself back into the art that you are trying to separate yourself from at the same time. Yeah, collaborating with that in that way was, like, really interesting because, mm-hmm. um, another, and the other one, with Edgar Vega, I actually collaborated with him entirely because that's how he wanted to work on the book, mm-hmm. and it came out in a very different from the others, I feel, in that way. Like, I felt like, I don't know if this is 
good or bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, like, just to clarify, I love all the work that everybody's done. Mm-hmm. But with Edgar, I think because I was working so closely with him, like, I look at After All They Made You Who You Are, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's me. Oh, yeah. Like, I actually look at the character, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's me. Oh, you just have one so of those relevatory weird. moments. It's just weird. <laughs> you know, like, I'm a comic book character. Oh my god. You're Deadpool. So, there we oh, go. Oh no! <laughs> well, no, in some ways it's a good thing. I mean, you, you understand there's a fourth wall and you can break it whenever you feel like it now. So <laughs> That's true. You now have the power of creation. Just congratulations to you. Excellent. I am God. I'm like God in the Sims, just like moving pieces around and making them pee their pants or whatever you make Sims do. Yeah, I I don't play Sims, but I understand the concept and I'm going there with you on the journey. (laughs) (laughs) Where you go, I'm going to (laughs) follow. So, uh, so after you, you had the book put together, I mean, um, are are you going through an independent publisher or is it kind of a more well-known um, distribution at this point? Right now it's going self-published through Gumroad on the 25th. Okay. Uh, so that's the first thing it's going to do, but then I'm going to take it to Small Press Expo in September and I'm going to be meeting up with a couple publishers and we'll see if anybody is interested at all. Is that, is that exciting to you or is it just, uh, I mean, I know with the, with the anxiety and everything, like, is it just another, like, okay, I want to get this out, but I also don't want to be there to get it out? <laughs> um, I have friends who are friends with these people, mm-hmm. so that's going to help a little bit, where it's like, meet my friend who is a comics creator. <laughs> meet my friend who is a publisher, and it's like, hopefully I will remain stable long enough to be like, hey, have some free copies of my book. <laughs> Do you, I mean, do you find that it, it gets any easier for you on that, you know, on that aspect of it? Like the more you talk to people, the more it, it lets up a little bit, or is it still just kind of this thing you, you just have with you? Um, I have different coping mechanisms for different situations. Mm -hmm. Like I've actually improved leaps and bounds since I started seeing my current therapist. Mm -hmm. Like I can go to like queer girl parties now and not completely freak out. Good. So that's like a good first step Mm -hmm. and then in smaller groups i'm i'm much more okay than in larger groups but um it's it's always with you when you have social anxiety because it's like this very really terrible little monster that kind of chews at you and gives you a lot of doubt as you're talking to somebody Mm -hmm. but um you know it's i've survived it for 25 years it'll be okay (laughs) You're doing great. You're doing great, hon. <laughs> and I awesome. I can I can attest to that cuz I mean, no matter the podcast, no matter the guest, that 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 little monster is always with me. Like it's it's just going like, "Hey, this could screw up anytime. You never know." And I'm just like, "Shut up, monster. I'm talking to people." Like <laughs> Yeah. And now you and that you're a podcast creator and host is like really impressive. No, if if I managed to create time travel and went back and talked to, well, let's say teenage me, um, uh, and told her like, Hey, guess what? One day you're going to willingly try to talk to people for extended periods of time and it'll actually work out for you. She would be, first of all, Oh my God, what the hell is going on? And then second of all, you're a lying liar. So go away. <laughs> 
teenage Sam was not not what 33 year old Sam is like <laughs> well I certainly hope not yeah <laughs> she was an asshole um so. oh my god teenagers are such dicks I know right <laughs> And you want to believe that, like, you were maybe the exception at some point, and then you come to that realization one day, you're like, nope, I was, no. I was just as bad, if not worse. Yep. <laughs> and again, therapy is awesome, kids. <laughs> I highly encourage it. Go find one right now. Yeah, exactly. If you're If you're feeling in any way like you should be talking to a therapist, probably a good idea to act on that. Just a recommendation from your old pal, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Friendly neighborhood, Sam. Um, Well, I mean, I'm so excited for for this book because I do, I I like the, not only the idea of it, but also what it means for comic books. Because, you know, what we're seeing now, you know, and it's it's taking off a lot more now. And I was talking to Spike Trotman about this uh, a while back, just the independent presses and independent books and creators are, are pushing in more and more into the territory where they're getting um, more traction, more eyes on them at this point, which is important because, you know, this is a story that, you know, not necessarily would be told through something like the big two at this point. Oh yeah. But by the way, I really like that interview. I listened to it. Oh, with Spike? Yeah. She's awesome, and I love her so much. She's so cool. <laughs> right? You meet her in real life, and you're just like, oh my god, you're the coolest person ever. <laughs> I'm hoping to never meet her in real life, because I will embarrass myself thoroughly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna uh, uh, I'm gonna see her at, um, I think at Rose City Comic Con, which is in Portland, in a couple of months, so, but I'll tell her you say hi. <laughs> okay, that that is not anxiety inducing so i will take it cool excellent <laughs> you have nothing yeah. to do with it i will speak for you excellent 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 <laughs> um yeah i mean i only got into indie comics i got supremely into them a year and a half ago i think mm-hmm. i think i don't know i've been reading comics for like 6 years in total it seems like i've been into indie comics longer but i think 2 years is at least and it's, it is becoming impressive, like, how people have are opening up to the medium as more than just superheroes, mm-hmm. and how everybody can tell a variety of stories and kind of um, have their own, like, really weirdo genres yeah. in their own stories. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm particularly interested in other people's diary comics, because I think they're interesting, because they're all approached in different ways mm-hmm. I think Kat Fajardo has one where she talks about being um, Latina mm-hmm. um, which I really liked a lot um, and then there's some that I'll be honest with you I don't like a lot which is a very strange which seems rude right <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange thing because it's such a personal thing and you're like I don't want to not like this but this is like a very weird way I would not have done it this way is it is it more from the the aspect of a writer like it's the art like because there, there's always something that gets you about a comic you don't like I mean it's easy to explain why you like a comic but sometimes what you don't like is is a, goes goes a little deeper goes somewhere else than you were expecting um it's usually all about content for me like I want so I want to like get insight into someone's mind when mm-hmm. I read their diary comics mm-hmm. and 
when their diary comics like kind of like say, "Oh, we were told that we're gonna have layoffs today," and then there's no resolution to that. Oh. And like, did you get laid off? <laughs> Did you not get lit off? How do you feel about that? Like, it's tell like me a, what your feelings are. It's like the C plot of a of a TV show that just never gets resolved by the end, or it's it's resolved in a way where you're just like, really, really. Yeah, you're like, well, th- that was unrealistic because I, I I I feel like that would like negatively impact people a lot. Mm-hmm. But okay. But cool story, bro. That's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> No, that is that is really interesting, and, and and it makes sense, too, because, I mean, everyone's story is different, but at the same time, every, every person is different, and how we react to those personalities is always going to be up in the air as well. Like, you know, you can, you can meet someone, and maybe, like, for all intents and purposes, you should like them, but then you're like, no, I don't care for you. There's something about you, maybe it's your face, the way yes. you, you say yeah. things, I don't, I don't know, but... That there's something that's essentially about you that is just not connecting with me. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we never know what that is, and we can only assume it's pheromones or something like that. (laughs) Something we will never understand. Pheromones, it's that whole thing where it's like you dislike in others what you hate about yourself. You know, that that kind of thing. Or it just becomes... Oh my god, that happens to me every single day in my life. Oh. <laughs> Sitting there self-examining and just being like, oh, okay, that's probably what it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell my therapist all the time, I'm so ridiculously self-aware that I, I almost don't even know why I'm going to see her because I could just sit in my own room and talk to myself and be like, well, Sam, this is clearly why you're doing this. And be like, well, yeah, Sam, you're, you're right. <laughs> I think I need another voice to tell me those things on top of it, so it's like, I just, I need a body that isn't mine, that's sitting across from me, that will speak words at me as well. Just confirm that this is real. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I could make up a person, but then it's just like, then we're getting into some new territory. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is a whole big old sidetrack there, but, um... So, I mean, we follow each other on Twitter now, and, and you know, I have seen that you're you're also very, um, you're a champion of the, the smaller presses as well, like, you know, from what I've seen, and, I mean, is that, has that come from just, you know, starting as a reader, or was it once you became a creator that you were, uh, you're just much more like, no, you don't understand how important it is that these smaller stories are told, um, and in this particular way? Uh, I started as a reader because um, I was brought into it. I was brought into the indie comic scene by a friend of mine. Like I would not have known that it really existed otherwise. Mm-hmm. You always need those ambassadors in comics. They never come easy. I swear. It's so true. <laughs> uh, never. Um, hopefully that will change soon. But um, yeah, I came in as a reader. Um, I really enjoyed going to Small Press Expo. It's like basically Disney World mm-hmm. or someone who was an English major in college because you're like you're like holy shit there's all these stories that people are telling and they're not I mean I honestly I like to pretend I'm I'm holier than thou sometimes but I still I still do love superheroes I just don't like a lot most of the stories that I see being told nowadays Mm -hmm. because I just find them to be like I already read them yeah no I understand I I mean I 
I'm a diehard DC fan, but like, yeah, like lately I just can't, I just can't get into it. I mean, like the, the movies have been disappointing me except for Wonder Woman is, is the shining beacon of hope. Hopefully. (laughs) Um, Oh, I think they're turning around after that movie. I think they got it. Your mouth to whatever deity's ears. So (laughs) (laughs) like, please, please be good. (laughs) So, but, uh, but no, like it's, it, it, for some people, it's almost embarrassing to say that they even read superhero comics because the 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 quality of the storytelling isn't there as much as we would want it to be. Um, whereas we're seeing it a lot more in smaller companies, smaller press. I mean, right now we've got this, you know, the image ridiculousness with Chaken and whatnot. It's just like, fuck! Like, I want to say that I'm a, a fan of comics, but they're making it really, really hard. Yeah, it's it's never been easy in this scene. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> there's there's definitely like burnout. Like I feel like I'm experiencing it a little bit right now. Like with with certain um, with certain books and certain publishers, where I just sit there and go like, I just don't I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to deal with you because I have other shit in my life I have to deal with, and I wanted this to be okay, and it's not okay right now. Yeah. Yeah, now that's, I think that's also how I turned to small press, kind of, because, mm-hmm. like, you can find the ones that are not going to fuck up, like, Iron Circus is not going to fuck up. Yeah. Or you're pretty sure it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you're really hoping it doesn't, but, you know, it's like, everyone's allowed to fuck up. It's just, I think it's always the way that they fuck up. It's, yeah. it's the way they fuck up and then how they deal with it. That's, that's where everyone kind of goes like, mm, we could have been on board with you, but then you, you did that thing. And now we're not. That's not cool. I just can't abide by hurting people. Yeah. It's it's like it's so easy to not do that. Like, it, yeah. you'd be surprised, like, how easy it is to go about your day and not hurt a person. Like, <laughs> I don't know why that's so hard for people to yeah. wrap their heads around, but what do I know? <laughs> just a person in the world. Um, so small press expo, like I, I've never actually been. So you know, can you can you maybe like describe what that's what that's like, you know, to people who who like me haven't been. Okay, so it happens all in the Marriott Hotel, which has a bar. Okay, so good. Plus one already working. And then, <laughs> and then you stay in the hotel upstairs plus two because all you have to do is go downstairs into the ballroom and then the con is there. <laughs> okay. And then plus three, you have, like, I don't know, like, Spike is always there. Mm-hmm. Fan, like, stuff from Fanographics and Drawn and Quarterly to, like, small stuff like 2D House Publishing mm-hmm. and Koyama and, like, all this, all this. You can, like, basically find anything there. And, like, you can go around, like, three times this entire freaking ballroom of, like, I don't know, at least ten rows of comics. Mm-hmm. At least ten rows. There's, there's more than that. <laughs> and, and then... And then you can always find something new and different and amazing. Um, and then there's a prom afterward. What? And there's, more drinking. there's a prom? Yes. Oh my god, this sounds amazing. <laughs> you should definitely come. Oh, where is it held in? Uh, where is it usually held? Bethesda, Maryland. Bethesda, so Maryland. The, yeah, it's the Marriott Hotel. Gotcha. Last time I was in Maryland, I, I I'm an archivist by trade, by day job. 
Um, last time I was in Maryland, I was basically trying to clear out a huge warehouse of uh, archival material that was, the lease was up and we had to get out in a couple of weeks. Oh, man. Yeah, not the best time to be in Baltimore, especially, oh, that was right as the election happened, too, so that was super aces. (laughs) I never wanted to be home so much in my life, I was like, I just want to go home and hug my mom. I am so sorry. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, me and my boss were both there, and it was just, like, the the day after the election, just sitting in that hotel, uh, like, eating your crappy little, you know, international breakfast or whatever the hell they call it, and uh, sitting there going, like, well, this is great. Now we gotta go into work. Awesome. Ugh. And it's just, uh, it's just been getting better and better since, right? Yeah, uh... Uh, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that says it right there. <laughs> it's basically going to describe 2017 as just the, the year of, yeah, um, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> On the plus side, my friends are having, like, great strides in their personal lives. <laughs> really? That's good. Excellent. And so am I. I mean, this comic is coming out, so, like, you know... I'm happy for all of us, but then it's like we're trying to be happy, and then it's like he, like Betsy Duvos meets um, with like MRAs for college mm. for college rape statistics, and it's like oh, well that's a bummer. Yeah, there's there, it's it's kind of like the comic where it's just like some days I feel like things are good, things are good, and then it's just like oh maybe they're just not as good as I want them to be or are right now. <laughs> It's like my relationship with uh, public figureheads is uh, currently in uh, one of your comic-based uh, relationship statuses. What public figure? Oh, it's basically all of the politicians. I mean, it's just any oh. anytime. Like right now, it feels like I'm glued to Twitter in terms of like just updates on the 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 awfulness that just keeps happening, or the potential for goodness in the form of impeachment. You know that stuff starts happening, and then you're like. I, I shouldn't be as attached to this as I am, but at the same time, I feel like I will not know what's happening if I'm away for more than five seconds. Yep, because something is always going to crash. Yeah. Down. It's like, I, there's no downtime, and it's really, I mean, I have anxiety issues too, and it's really starting to mess with it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, I, think, I think for two weeks after, because I did the Women's March in, in Seattle, um, I was actually part of a, an archives oral history um, project that we were doing where we were collecting stories from the women's marches across the, the country. And I think I think some people were, were internationally doing as well. But like for two weeks after that, I mean, I just my anxiety manifests in like this really terrible. Um, it's like this cold pit in my stomach. Oh, and it, yeah. And it's a combo of anxiety and anger. And so it was just like for two weeks, I was just anxious and angry and it just wasn't going away. And it was just like, I can't deal with this. And, and then eventually I started dealing with it. <laughs> yeah. Now I I'm live sorry with it. to hear that. Like when it's nonstop like that, it can be just, it's exhausting. Right? Yeah. You just sit there and you're just like, I just want to feel normal. I mean, normal for me, whatever that is. It's it's not currently right now, but I got better. So I'm yay, I'm, yay! I know it's like this turned into Sam's therapy session. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't even charge. So awesome. Maybe I can be your full time therapist. <laughs> cool. 
I feel like that's what podcasts have started to become for a lot of people, too, where it's just like, hey, I can do an hour's worth of therapy with a total stranger for a while, or with friends, and and uh, everyone else will listen to it now. Yay! Yay! I mean, do you... Uh, I mean, do you listen to a lot of podcasts? Do you do you find that that is therapeutic for you in some way? Um, I don't listen to a lot. I listen to Reboot Comic Club, which is hosted mm-hmm. by my friend Joe and Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, they interview a bunch of people. They're, um, Joe is like, I call myself a journalist, but Joe like actually has like a journalism degree. Oh, one of those. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of those. Like, oh, you're a real journalist. Like, learned, went into an ethics class and like knows what he's doing. <laughs> And you he's under- a great interviewer. Like you understand integrity and facts and <laughs> citing your sources and like what sounds that? like a lot of work, man. Right? Oh man, oh. only. You're like all I do is review comic books. <laughs> I used to do that too. Yeah, I used to uh, before I started really doing the the podcast full time or as full time as one can do with a regular job. Uh, I used to write comic reviews for uh, a previous website, uh, Word of the Nerd. And, uh, yeah, I mean, even just trying to get that to, to where you're like, I feel confident about this review and that, you know, it's ironclad and no one can poke holes in it. And then suddenly someone's poking holes in it. Oh. <laughs> well, I can't do that. It's your opinion. Uh, yeah. I mean, cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm a history major as well. So I always try to like insert some kind of like I don't know, I was always, like, trying to find some kind of historical value in things, um, especially in comic books, because I, I find comic books to be historically valuable. Um, but, uh, yeah, every once in a while it felt like a stretch, where I was just like, mm, I don't think that's going to work there, but, you know, you could try. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really valuable way to approach it, because I agree. As an English major, it's like, okay, this is its own you know, important thing, it's its own important medium that we need to respect a lot more, Mm -hmm. and the thing about indie comics is that it's showing that the medium is healthy. Yeah, definitely, I mean, it's, not only is it healthy, but it's, it's, uh, there are so many more opportunities now, I mean, and this might be speaking more to the the aspect of my own white privilege, but, uh, I mean, there's, there are more opportunities in the smaller press, you know, for people to have their voices heard, you know, whether they are, you know, of a marginalized community, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, trying to say this without sounding like an asshole, but, you know, that's just going to happen sometimes. (laughs) No, I think so too. I think that there's, I mean, I feel like cartoons of color were always there Mm -hmm. for sure, but um, there's definitely more, platforms high or maybe just higher platforms mm-hmm. with louder speakers yeah definitely i mean and, the and twitter <laughs> yeah no and and that's the thing too like i remember in school you know we were debating in my archives classes you know the merits of social media right about the time where social media was becoming like really super important uh so sitting there going like well how can we archive this like how do we capture it? it's like Maybe we should think about the historical value of the things that are being said. I don't know. You know, it's just just one opinion. <laughs> and oh my god. One day you'll be digging through, uh, like, an old MacBook Pro for screenshots of stuff that DeRay says. Oh my god, right? <laughs> well, and thankfully there's a lot of platforms now where you can actually capture um, tweets and uh, Facebook pages and there's the Internet Archive, which is, uh, I, I wrote about at one point, is, like, actively archiving uh, Trump's, 
you know, everything, basically anything he says, anything he's done, they're actively making sure that it's available to um, journalists so that, you know, because they have a tendency to uh, erase things once, you know, someone points out, oh, hey, you made a mistake. <laughs> and huh. So there's, there's uh, pluses and minuses, obviously, to social media, but, you know, especially where comic books are concerned, you know, Twitter has been a huge boon to communities that have not had the ability to have their voices heard, whether it's through criticism of comic books and rightly so or it's through promoting their own um their own work their art their words you know uh however they are involved in the comic book industry you know at least that there's this um democratization of voices basically yeah yeah. (laughs) sorry (laughs) sorry no i need to drink water okay that's my fault you you drink that water (laughs) You know, I will drink the water with you. I'm going to do that right now. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm. And that stays in the podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bonding activity. Exactly. Like, when you drink water together, truly you have bonded as friends. <laughs> <laughs> never mind vodka, never mind whiskey, never mind all that stuff. It's water. <laughs> stuff of life. <laughs> water is what comes after alcohol, so you know when you stuck it out as long as the water comes. There we go. You're, you're a gold. Truly, truly, we have bonded. <laughs> we have sealed that friendship. I mean, it, it's easy. I would high five you, but that's not possible. High here. fives across the internet. There we go. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I've done that so many times with 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 uh, friends of mine. Where, uh, oh my god, like one of my friends just she said something that made another friend of mine go like, "I will murder you with my eyes." And uh, I was like, if she could find a way to reach through the internet and strangle you, I think she would. It's going to happen right now as we're talking in real time. So. I always want comic strips of that. I just want to, like, see hands reaching out of screens and just shaking people or strangling them or... <laughs> When when VR finally gets to that point where like we can create um, was it Star Trek holo you know holodeck like levels of hard light or something like that, that's when the yeah. medium's really going to change. I uh, I have a feeling that in the very very distant future it's going to be really awesome <laughs> <laughs> or really scary. Yeah, since the holodeck always has a tendency to break down and then the uh, the things become real for some reason. <laughs> yep. Or someone goes in and uses the holodeck for, like, really creepy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, fantasizing about, like, a crew member being their girlfriend or something. It's like, you should not do that yeah. to a fellow employee. That's so weird. And the fact that the holodeck even is like, no, this is cool. You can have that. That's that's a program that happens. <laughs> Censorship. We actually, we actually need things to be, like, I don't know, censored. Filtered? Whatever. Yeah. Don't, but don't you think... Okay, so... Walk with me on this journey here I'm taking. Um, like, if you made up a program wherein, let's say, I mean, and this actually almost ha- pretty much happened in an episode, I think, where it was like, it was like some female Q, like, made Riker fall in love with her, like, she just did the whole thing and, and whatever. But let's say you had a program that where Riker was your boyfriend. Like, wouldn't that be an HR problem? Like, yes. an issue? <laughs> I, I actually have a friend who's in HR, and she talks about this all the time. Seriously? How uh, the holograph stuff doing that would be, like, a serious HR issue. And it's like, 
you know, let alone if if Riker found out about it, which, you know, knowing Riker, he probably would have been flattered by it at some point, um, <laughs> depending on where in the series you were. <laughs> but it's like, if, if you had friends in the crew and they found out about this, and wouldn't that just, that just presents so many ethical issues, like, just... You would need, there would just be, if the whole, okay, if that was allowed, there would need to be so many ship transfers, just mm. like, out of, like... <laughs> conflicts right or firings you know and then it's like would you have to like mandatorily see counselor troy i mean are you already seeing counselor troy what if she recommends you do this like then that becomes a thing and then you're just like i don't trust counselor jo- troy's like advice most of the time real so like, that's even worse did, does she just not do it for you as a therapist she does no she really doesn't <laughs> or as an actress but you know. oh Sorry. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I like her, but also she played Demona in the Gargoyles cartoon, so I can't really, I can't be mad at her. She's Demona. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, Frakes, uh, with Jonathan Frakes, Riker is also Xanatos in that, so there we go. <laughs> do with what you will. They always seem to come back together. They really do. It, it, because I, I like paying attention to, uh, like, voiceover actors, and I've been watching cartoons since forever, so I notice those things, but seeing, like, practically the entire cast of Star Trek Next Generation appear on Gargoyles was kind of like, were you guys just, like, in the same room on the day? Like, were you, like, did your agent just be like, hey, guys, come on, come on over to the Gargoyles world. <laughs> this would be good for your career. Yeah. I think it's gonna work out, everyone. I think if that Star Trek thing doesn't happen, Gargoyles. Gargoyles. <laughs> I'm like, you are an idea man. <laughs> That's why they pay him the big bucks. Oh, yeah. I, I, I honestly think that you could just make a reaping if you were just an idea person in Hollywood. Like, you just make a business where you come up with ideas and sell them to people. I'd be surprised if that doesn't already exist. It probably does, and if I googled it and bothered to ruin my day, I would probably find it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but it's it's important to dream big, is what I'm saying, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> if you don't dream big, you don't get anywhere. Right? If you don't dream big, you don't get a comic book that's coming out that talks about, you know, uh, issues that are important to you and should be important to a lot of other people like mental health. Exactly. <laughs> see, I see it. We just tied it all together. It's wrapping itself up in a neat little bow. This is important to podcasting. <laughs> we call this the stories telling circle. There we go. There we're gonna, go. We're gonna yeah. have a Socratic seminar. We're all gonna sit around each other and talk about things. <laughs> <laughs> gonna ask the all important question: Why? Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about Trump again. So uh, why, indeed? Damn it! Yeah, it's like I, I so it's it, it, I feel like there has to come a day where you just have to like focus on not thinking about politics, just so that you can be a person. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's not. I am usually able to get off Twitter for a break, but ever since having more time on my hands, I'm mm-hmm. just like been like I need to get off this website at yeah. some point. <laughs> it's like I need to take a break and walk away, go get a drink. Go watch a TV show. Oh, wait, there's referencing Trump there, too. Shit. Uh, go. <laughs> Gotta go on Hulu or, like, I don't know, Netflix, where they're just not mentioning him at all. Yeah. Like, I mean. I finished Mad Men recently, actually. Oh, how, how was it? That was, it, it was interesting because it's like, 
it's like, wow, there wasn't Trump back then, but things were still shit. That kind of makes me feel better. Everybody's still, like, terrified, mm-hmm. and we're terrified now. Yeah. But- I, I feel like it's a timeless theme. Yeah, no, it's it, it's always interesting, like, from a historical perspective, um, like, seeing how we keep repeating certain things or how one generation goes, like, you'd have no idea how bad it was when I was growing up. It's like, and then the next generation's like, no, you have no idea how bad it was when I was growing up. And, and it's like, it's all relative and it's all comparable, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think we could make a case for this being the darkest timeline. I mean, just gonna throw that out there. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully we'll see the next generation and be like, hey, yeah. I was having a panic attack November 8th, 2016. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what were you doing? Like, living in the idyllic world that was created out of it. Like, <laughs> like well, aren't you special? <laughs> so, no, I, I'm, the one thing I have consistently tell, told them, cause when I had these conversations, like, with my dad or my mom, um, I consistently say that I'm excited for the 2018 election because there's a whole group of 18-year-olds that are coming in or the ones that didn't get to vote when they were 18 who are coming in and just being all like, no, 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 we got this. Oh, yes. Like, and people are so angry now. It's going to be like, they're going to storm the voting booths. Yeah. It's like, I don't care if I lose my job staying in line to vote. I'm going to do this now, which is unfortunate because it shouldn't have to be that way. But I'm seeing a lot of people say those those kinds of things where it's like, no matter what, you stay in that line. Yeah. So... Yeah. Fingers crossed, as much as yeah. they possibly can. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Oh, man. And and, th- and that's the thing, too, like, with the podcast where I always, I don't always want to bring it up, but it's, it's, it's part of what is happening, you know? It's, it's all encompassing. Yeah. You know? Like, nothing exists in a vacuum. I feel like, you mind if we go back to the comic? No, go, or... yeah, go for it. Like, this is your, <laughs> this is your time. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it, I started writing it, like... December 1st of, like, 2016, and, like, I really feel like if I, if the election wasn't happening, it had caused so much stress and anxiety on top of me, this entire thing, disaster just never would have happened. Really? Yeah. Which, so, it's a complicated situation with me and the guy that was in it, mm-hmm. but, like, there was so much that, like, would not have happened had I just had this thing it's it's causing it's all encompassing because it's creating all this stuff like everything is every every piece of art that's already coming out of people whether it fully acknowledges the situation or not Mm -hmm. is impacted by it all my conversations with like people are impacted by it and i feel like yeah maybe that's true of politics in general Mm -hmm. in all of our years but it never really felt this way during the Obama years because it was actually pretty stable. And now everything's so unstable. It's like, okay, it's everywhere now. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing what beautiful things, you know, I mean, like your comic, like beautiful things that come out of terrible situations. Um, and then how we either, you know, share it with people and what impact that sharing those, you know, that, that beauty comes, uh, you know, how that affects people as well. Yeah. Um, do you read Lazarus? Mm, no, that's Rucka, right? It is Rucka. Yeah. And, oh my God, Michael, what's his name? Lark. Yeah, Michael, Michael Lark. Lark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, that book was already terrifying, and now I can't read it anymore. <laughs> oh no, yeah, no, and and then yeah, there's then there's the art that you're like it so reminds me of a situation that I can't I can't deal with that right now. Like maybe when things are different, when the world has calmed down a little bit, hopefully soon. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, then I can get back to it. But for now, it's just like nope, too real, too real, too real, too much. I am incredibly impressed with people who can actually watch The Handmaiden's Tale. Yeah, I haven't, I, I I finally, like, bought the book. Like, I've been wanting to get into Margaret Atwood's stuff for a very long time. We, we actually never read it in college or in high school, which I feel like is a huge disservice. Because um, I, I read her um, Penelope ad, um, her retelling of the Odyssey through Penelope's eyes. Um, yes, that's it, a good one. It's so good. And I, I actually took it to Matt Fraction, because he does Odyssey with um, Christian Ward, and I was like, do you read this? And he's like, yes, I read this. And we talked about that for a little bit. <laughs> and, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, because it just made that kind of an impression. And I, I love Greek mythology as well. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, like, uh, I bought the book and it's just been sitting on my, my shelf because I'm like, I don't know if I have the stamina for this right now. Like, I want to read stuff that isn't so close to what's currently happening. And I I don't know if I can watch The Handmaid's Tale either, because I kind of want to read the book before I watch the thing, but then it's like getting into that cycle of like, oh, now I'm just going to feel like shit for a while. Yeah. And we already feel shitty. Yeah. It's like, why do you want to like pile it on? Yeah. It's like, I have my my escapist fantasy, which is a D&D live stream for the most part. And even that can get really real sometimes. Yeah, with men saying like women aren't allowed to be angry. Yeah, that stuff. Where you're just like, really, like, and, and I like, don't, I don't mind if the the reality of like a person feeling something happens, but when people from the outside are like, no, you sh- why is she feeling like that? You're just like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> It's hard to remember, like, there was a bunch of shit that we were, like, fighting with all our might during the Obama years, Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, we're gonna make progress on this thing eventually, and then it's like, that stuff is still here on top of all this other shit. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, everything just got magnified, it's now Godzilla, and before it was like a tiny little bird, and now it's Godzilla. Uh Okay. Well, we all know who can fight Godzilla. (laughs) (laughs) Mecha Godzilla, or Mothra, or... King Kong. <laughs> one of those things is feminism. Yes. <laughs> I want that in a comic now. <laughs> Godzilla <laughs> and something else representing feminism. Kaiju fight. <laughs> oh, we'll just get Pacific Rim and just like edit it so that like gypsy danger just represent feminism. <laughs> All right. New thing. What's the new thing we're going to work on? You and me. We're in this together. This is our project, so we'll grab a camera or some editing software and let's go. All right. It's, like, free on the internet, right? You can get everything on the internet. Yep. (laughs) Get this podcast on the internet. It's all good. It's all coming back. Yes. (laughs) Well, now that we're going to solve feminism um, and the the issues surrounding it, um, I feel good about this. I feel feel better. That's good. Excellent. How do you feel? How do you feel, Ray? Feeling pretty good. Excellent. Um, well, we're almost at the hour, so, which is great. Um, so before we, we start wrapping this up, um, I know that we did mention, um, when, 
um, Gently Murder Me is coming out, but just for people who might not have heard it, uh, what are the kind of the official uh, details for it? Uh, look out for it July 25th mm-hmm. on Gumroad under Rebecca Epstein. So gumroad.com backslash Rebecca Epstein. Okay. And uh, if uh, I know you're active on Twitter, but uh, if you're comfortable with people knowing where to find you and perhaps converse with you at, from time to time, uh, where might they do that? At Raystones, that's R-A-Y-S-O-N-N-E. Yay! And I'll put the, the links into the, um, the, the little thing, the field. God, I'm losing words now. <laughs> the, the field. Drink more water, drink more water. Drink more water, okay, I'm drinking water, drinking water. <laughs> Alright, bonding complete again. Uh, <laughs> Yay! It's like water friends. It's like uh, Captain Planet. We're, we're the we're, we're the two water people. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Gee. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'll I'll have the link set up and everything, so people will be able to find you, find the the link to the comic. And uh, is it is it going to be uh, like uh, pay pay what you want? Is it, do you know how much it's going to cost them? Uh, it's going to be a dollar or more. Let's pay what you want. It's just has to be a dollar at least. Okay. Okay. So for the very least, for the low, low price of a dollar, at the very least, or if you feel that Ray deserves more, which she does. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. It's like, I, it's, it's, I always feel weird about that one because it's like, okay, I want to be able to get this for a affordable price, but I also want to support the artist and the writer. It leaves the labor up to the person. Yes. I guess. It, yeah, it's... It, I was having this conversation with my, my boss, actually, today. We were talking about, you know, the... What, you know, the, the salary that you get isn't often reflective of the actual, you know, value of your labor sometimes. Or all the time, actually. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, in comics, is is a big deal, too, because a lot of uh, a lot of creators, a lot of, you know, writers, artists, letters, colorists, you know, they're all freelance, and so they're they're living off of what they can make off of these things. So when you have a pay what you want, it's kind of like you're really hoping that people are generous with their with their dollar. Yeah, it's always nice to meet other fans who are just like, I want to support these people, and I feel like a personal, you know, urge to do that. Mm-hmm. Like as 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 I do to you. So I can only encourage people to you know pay what they're worth, man. It's like. Give them your money. Give them your time. Give them your eyes so you can read and experience it because it's worth it. Indeed. Yes. Um, well, uh, do you feel like we've covered everything that we that you would want to with uh, Gently Murder Me? Um, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would actually like to mention? Um, no, I think we pretty much covered it. Cool. Excellent. I feel like we've we've done a we've done a good thing today, uh, Ray. This is. I feel confident. I feel good. This is a good conversation. <laughs> this is a good conversation. <laughs> We're having fun. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, just, you know, once again, from me to you, thank you so much for being here and uh, talking about this, you know, really just amazing and poignant uh, work that you've done. Thank you so much for reading it. I'm glad you love it. Yay. Love it forever and ever and ever. I'm going to write hearts around... You know, the name of the title and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Gently Murder Me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, there's a new project right there. <laughs> it's like, feminism, kaiju feminism, and then uh, Mrs. Murder <laughs> Mrs. Gen- 
<laughs> okay. Got it. We got we got to put it on the calendar. <laughs> this is going to happen now. <laughs> but until then, uh thank you once again uh Rebecca Epstein uh for coming on the show and uh as always, uh good night everybody.